What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Cub Cooker. I've got some weird artwork behind me today. If you're listening, um, it's like a big, colorful, round spiral. Kind of reminds me of some of the biblically accurate angels, kind of an eye watching. It's kind of my depiction of the as above, so below. Everything in our universe, everything in our existence is just an archetype for something larger or smaller. We are little pieces of the cosmos. The cosmos is little pieces of us. Kind of that back and forth symbiotic relationship that we have with everything in existence. Um, And the Bible is full of uh, clues as to that. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is the art of open-mindedness. So right away... Uh, You may be going, okay, what's this hippie going to tell me today? And that's totally cool. So welcome. Welcome to the open-minded crew here. Welcome to the open-minded collective. And that's exactly what we're talking about today. Um, The reason I'm talking about this today, I want to share a story in a minute. Uh, Hey, what's up, Evan? How are you doing? 74 Leathercraft. What's up, Jacob? Y'all go follow 74 Leathercraft if you have not already. He is an awesome faith-based creator. He does uh, a ton of beautiful, beautiful leather work, handmade, hand-stitched. If you guys are looking for uh, a craftsman here on TikTok or on any other platform, go check him out at 74 Leathercraft. Awesome, awesome guy. Very, very good friend of mine. Uh, So uh, 74 Leathercraft says, thank you, brother. You bet, man. Absolutely. So why do I have this weird painting in the background? This is some artwork that I create using AI technology um, and the power of my imagination. So I make this artwork every single day. I do t-shirt drops with the artwork and I want to show you guys exactly what I do. Uh, I do t-shirts as well as tapestries, mugs, socks, all kinds of cool stuff with this artwork. All of the artwork has a story. This one's called Guardians of the Tree, and this is my depiction of kind of the tree of life or the tree of knowledge, you know, one of those ancient mythological trees we hear about, or even biblical trees that we hear about in uh, the creation stories, Um, and then you can see there are uh, UFO craft all above it. Why UFO craft? Because my interpretation as I read through all the ancient scriptures, including the book of Enoch, Um, is we hear about these guardians and we hear about them manifesting as balls of fire or shimmering amber and then being able to manifest as the image of a man back and forth at will. It says that they move in any of the cardinal directions of the wind at will and they they move as the lightnings move. Uh, What does that sound like? I mean, we know in our modern technological age what that sounds like, Uh, but it's hard for us if we're not open-minded to put the pieces together, to put two and two together. Sorry about the microphone. Um, I need to hook up my big microphone to the camera here, but uh, I haven't done that. So uh, like your Enoch series. Thank you so much, uh, GFL. I appreciate that. Um, And we're going to be reading through a little bit more of Enoch today, uh, retouching on the seven types of holy angels. Um, And then I'll take that picture away. Then we're going to be getting into uh, some more of the Gospel of Thomas that you guys have asked about. I've got to talk about, with being open-minded today, I've got to talk about these things. I just dropped a video today talking about 
uh, dreams I've had between around the 2000s and around the 2012s where I would have these vivid dreams of these, these open fields with these uh, airships over our earth. Um, and you could feel the wind from them. It's not like they had uh, blades like quadcopters or drones. Now, mind you, this was way before drones came out. And I had these dreams, recurring dreams, all the time. It's not like they were there to threaten us or anything. I, I remember being at peace and just going, whoa. like so. And again, I'm not saying these are prophetic dreams or anything. But finally, with the power of AI, I'm able to create... Uh, and see some of the details in these crafts that I have seen ever since I was younger uh, in my dreams. And I've never been able to get these, you know, these images out. Um, and finally, I'm able to, and I'm really, really thankful that I'm able to do that. Again, power of the open mind. Why is this important? Because it might make you uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. It might be weird to think about. It might be weird to talk about. But that's exactly why we talk about it on this channel. The power of an open mind is one of the most unestimated things in our cultures, our societies. Um, every single uh, person I know struggles with the power of an open mind. And that includes me. And I'm about to tell you a story uh, that might baffle you um, because it kind of baffled me. But it's caused me to think about what does it really mean to have an open mind? Uh, let's see, since the church edited so much of the Bible, uh, why would they leave that out? What is the purpose? So uh, with, with the book of Enoch, you know, why was it left out? There's a lot of different theories on that. One of the things is we found these Dead Sea Scrolls and we didn't find them until, you know, later on uh, after canonizations and stuff. But then there's some data to show that they did have books before that. Um, you know, and that Enoch was known very well in the time of Christ. Why would they be taken out? Because I think we tried to pull out the gods. We focused so much on trying, and this is just a theory. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. This is just my theory. I think, uh, that we wanted to pull out the idea of gods and make sure that it focused on one true God. And somewhere along the way, we even got that mixed up because as we talk about in the old Testament, there's multiple gods even Yahweh and El Elyon, God Most High, are differentiated, and it's still in the text, yet we don't hear that in any church, uh, any teachings, any Sunday school, anything like that, uh, because it's, it's largely uh, an unpopular thing to go, well, wait a minute, maybe this book that we're holding as, uh, you know, the high word of God, uh, maybe... We misunderstood how to translate it. Maybe we didn't put everything in it. And maybe there were things left out so that we didn't fully see uh, the picture. But I believe God's words written on the hearts of the men and women who love him and seek his truth exclusively uh, and deeply. And even to the point of it shaking everything we think we believe. And that's what I'm here to do, guys. That's, that's for me. And if that's not for you, that's totally cool. We welcome everybody on this channel. I love everyone with the same heart. So uh, don't feel, uh, you know, like, you know, if <laughs> don't feel like you you can't skip off of this video. If, if you do, if you don't resonate with it, that's fine. Uh, not everybody resonates with every video I do. And that's totally cool. Here's an eye with all kinds of gemstones in it. Uh, I've been doing a lot of fractal artwork. Thank you, Abel, for the groan. 
Um, and I really like this type of fractal artwork where you can see like little galaxies in it. Because I think that everything as above, so below. If you go down to the quantum level, you see the same type of structures and theories as you see on the galactic level. And then who's to say once you get to the galactic level that you're not on the quantum level again? Like, um, we, all we have is theories around all this stuff, you know? Um, and so I find it fascinating. Is that AI art? Yes, Ray, uh, it is. Um, and so I use a specific AI. I actually pay for it. I license all the artwork to myself. I'm able to put them on t-shirts and hats and mugs and all kinds of stuff like that to help support this channel. Um, and there are some free phone apps. You can do some stuff kind of like this, but the one I use, I can program specifically to try to get the art style that I want out of it and then tell the stories that are in my head to get that out of it. So I want to know God and spirituality, but I just don't feel it. Heck most days I don't even want to, um, Hey man, Chris, welcome to my world, brother. Um, I don't always feel it either. You guys might think that, you know, you watch my channel. Oh, he's so spiritual all the time. No, it's not that. I, the reason I stay spiritual is I practice it all the time. It is a practice, and Christ spoke of it as a practice. He talked about fasting. He talked about prayer. He talked about activating your third eye. He talked about the kingdom within. He talked about very spiritual, esoteric things. He talked about rejecting the world, the physical world around us. The matrix, if you will, that traps us all into the job, the groceries, uh, the the friend relationships that we're supposed to have. You're supposed to go out to uh, you know, the sports bar with your friends all the time and watch sports, aren't you? Isn't that what's socially acceptable? Well, in my friend group, we play frisbee golf and we talk about God and uh, philosophy and we talk about being creators online. Uh, we talk about making the world a better place and loving each other. And so uh, that might change what your friend group looks like, by the way. It's, it's changed mine. My friend group has gone from uh, quite a large number of people to just a handful of people. Um, and I'm so busy creating content anyway uh, that it works out, but but I've had to give up a lot for this, for this understanding, to really be open-minded and be able to put all these little pieces together. Um, I'm not smart. I'm not a theology student. I'm not anything like that. I just want to learn. And uh, Jeff says, I want to learn. Well, welcome. Perfect. Uh, what's your opinion on the uh, the plain earth theory? I'll say that uh, so that we keep this video up. Um my opinion on that is that is not my forte. I've seen data both ways where I go, well, that's really weird. You're right. Why does, you know, why does the sun do this or that, you know? Um, and to me, that's not what I'm, I almost hold a weird belief where I think reality is fluid based on your perception of it. And that's a really strong, weird belief to have. That doesn't change anything other than um, what do you say it is? That's kind of my thought, is what do you say it is? Um, because Jesus even asked that over and over and over. They say, so are you, you know, are you the Messiah? And he goes, well, who do you say I am? So it's very important about what is your personal faith on that. He also said you will be judged uh, by how you judge others. So it's almost like we all have our own timeline that we can decide where that timeline goes. Is there a predestined, predetermined timeline that God has for each of our lives? Possibly. 
but I think we have control over how we hop around. I think he's ultimately going to keep calling us back if he has a certain purpose for us. Maybe there's something that he needs us to do. This thing that I'm doing now, he kept putting the brakes on everything I thought I needed besides this. And here I am doing this thing. Here I am uh, creating my own reality. Absolutely. I agree. We create our realities. Amen. So I, I really do believe that, guys. And as weird as that sounds, you're like, well, you know, how do you affect, you know, dot, dot, dot. Well, again, isn't a reality all in the perceiver? If you're playing a video game and you choose a certain character, do you not choose how you see that world in that video game? Same thing with us. We wake up every day and we can choose a certain character. We can choose if we're spiritual. We can choose if we decide to start walking away from things that don't serve into that spiritual purpose. We can choose if we start to have an open mind and next time someone, some weird hippie guy like me comes to us and says, hey, we create our own realities, or I think I do, or hey, I've had dreams of these weird white airships, or hey, I think angels have uh, UFO aircraft, and you go, wait a minute, that's not what I was told. That's not how I was raised. That is not true. That's an opportunity for us to open up our mind and say, wait a minute, let me look into that data. Hey, let me read Enoch with this guy. Let me think about where Enoch actually went and how he described the rooms of heaven that he was in. And they sound awful lot like Star Trek. I'm just saying there's something weird when we let it go there. When we actually open our mind and we say, well, what if ancient astronaut theory is true? What if quantum physics and our galactic observations and our metaphysical experiences, what if they're all tied together? We're at 111 viewers right now. 111, love those numbers. Um, I like seeing numbers because if I feel like when I'm seeing numbers that are uh, palindrome numbers or uh, repetition numbers, I feel like the matrix is telling me, hey, I'm on the right path. Um, and not even the matrix, but God. I feel like it's God that breaks through the matrix on that. That's just how I feel, by the way. You don't have to feel that way. Uh, let's see, uh, Obisa, or Abbas, Abbas Buela, I think that's how you say that, says, I agree with you, thank you very much, uh, like Star Wars, light and dark, yes, absolutely, and I, and I did a whole live stream on Matrix Theory the other day, uh, specifically based on the movie and Gnosticism within the Matrix, uh, I just read an article that claimed the quantum realm something, uh, can come from nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally believe that too. I think that we are nothing more uh, than these particles bouncing around. Uh, you know, string theory talks about everything just being a vibrational frequency that takes the form, the assumed form of matter. Um, and what we, we think is matter isn't really matter because we can actually af affect it, A-F-F-E-C-T, affect it, which means we have... Uh, bearing on how it manifests. Uh, something can affect us. We have It may have an effect on us when you go to and you hear a sermon and that sermon says you're a sinful human being who needs forgiveness. And then you look at what Christ said and he said, you know, I will, uh, that we're a part of his flock. We're his hands and feet. He said the kingdom of God is within us. He said, if thine eye be single, the whole body is full of light. 
you start to see these comparisons and it's interesting how something can have an effect on us that we hear, but we can also affect the world around us because we have dominion over creation. Even though this creation has been made into something it was never intended to be by the maker gods. If you read the Old Testament with open eyes, no, the, no theological um, or doctrinal prior ties. And I mean that in the nicest way. Like if you go through any schools of theology, and I've been through several theology courses, and uh, you're going to get kind of a perspective that you're supposed to view everything from. And if you kind of go into it with an open mind and just read the text for what it is, you start to get a much different picture, especially when you understand Sumerian um ancient cultures you understand egyptian cultures uh asian cultures uh you understand hindu cultures like you start to uh and i'm not an expert on any of those but i know enough to see the commonalities and see where all of this stuff ties together so um is it possible for anything to exist without being created by something i think that is the very um let's see i think that is the um I think that's the very essence of God. He is the uncreated. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, Mother, Son. However you define God, if you define define Him as a triune. By the way, Him, whenever we say Him for God, um, used to, like, we didn't have, that didn't mean inherently male, by the way, back in back in the day, like in ancient times. Our languages have evolved so much that we've lost a lot of the flavor. Like if you've ever gone to eat... Okay, so we we live in West Texas. This is a great way to explain the evolution of the Bible. I live in West Texas and we have some of the best Tex-Mex food places here. But if you've ever gone and had like true Mexican food, like, like real authentic homemade Mexican food... It tastes totally different, and it's a whole different vibe than the Tex-Mex we have here. Then if you go up even more north and you have what they call Tex-Mex, like you go up into Iowa and stuff, which is where a lot of my family's from, that Tex-Mex doesn't taste anything like it does down here. So the further you get away from the origin, the more flavor is lost. And that's all I'm trying to do. I'm in Austin, Texas. User 45 says, what's up uh, from Amarillo? We're up at the top of Texas here. So uh, welcome. I love me some Austin peeps. Um, you, you probably appreciate this artwork. You guys got stuff like that all around the city. So the further away we get from the origin of something, the more flavor it loses. And that's just a great way to think about what we have in the Bible today. It has been edited, re-edited, molded, retranslated, over and over and over and over again, not to mention any potential editing to hide certain meaning away somewhere else. And I'm not saying anyone has ever done that, but I'm saying you have to believe maybe throughout history with all uh, of the conflicts that have happened, even the early church was born out of conflict, um, maybe things were trimmed just a little bit. Uh, to fit certain narratives. That's just maybe a thought. And, and that's for everyone who holds the Bible and says, no, this is the word of God. And I'm here to tell everyone in, in love and light and openness that the Bible, the book, the Bible is not the word of God. 
There's nothing in that Bible that says the Bible is the Word of God. And you were only told that, I was only told that, by an institution that wanted to make sure this, because this is what they were teaching from. And I don't care what institution it is. I'm not calling out any denomination. I'm just saying, this is not the Word of God. Even the words within it are not the Word of God. The Word of God is the Logos of God, which actually translates to the divine computation. And if you reimagine the Trinity as Father, Mother, Son, then the Logos is the Son. Christ was the Word of God in the flesh. The Word became flesh. He was the fullness of the divine creative computation of the Father and the Mother. The Godhead became whole, an entire family. And by the way, he said, hey, you're a part of my family. You are the hands and feet. You are the body of Christ. And that is a whole different, um, a whole different mentality when we approach faith from that point of view. From a true metaphysical, a true inward light and understanding rather than a doctrinal and theological understanding. And I love my Bible. I read my Bible all the time. And I respect my Bible, by the way. This is no disrespect to the Bible. But it does, I do have to ask everyone that question because a lot of people come in the comments and say, uh, you know, well, the Bible says this, the Bible says that, or, you know, that's not in the Bible. And first off, a lot of those people that say that don't even know what's in the Bible. And second off, what version are they reading? Do you have like an OG Bible that's like actually written on uh, papyrus? No, none of us do. So we... We have to take what's in it and let it become alive in us. That becomes the word of God, not the words on the page. So anyway, uh, that's kind of my thing. So uh, let's see. Uh, Renee says, you're a very wise person. Thank you very much. I don't know about that. I just, uh, this is just how I see it. And I finally had to start sharing it. So uh, why was the book of Enoch left out? There's a lot of different theories on that, as I shared a minute ago, but uh, mainly because um, it is pseudepigrapha, which means that it was not written by Enoch. It was not written near the time of Enoch. It was written uh, by someone else who had taken a lot of this, the oral tradition. We have to understand a lot of what we have, even, even what's in this. There's like seven books in the New Testament alone that are pseudepigrapha that are attributed to a certain person that were not written by that certain person. So... Whenever people try to disqualify Enoch because of that, that's not really a great way to disqualify it anyway because uh, we, have, we have a lot of things that are built into our doctrine that are pseudepigrapha. So um, anyway, just a fancy word saying it's like a pen name. It's like um, if my great-grandfather had told me stories about my great-great-great-great-grandfather and then I took those stories after generations and finally wrote a book from the perspective of that great-great-great-great-great-grandfather that would mean that I might have written it in his name, but that would mean that, hey, it was an oral tradition that was just like, somebody was finally like, hey, let's put this down because this is important to our understanding of the gods and the one true God and the heavenly realms and the angels and life and the afterlife and all of those things. So anyway, really, really interesting stuff. So uh, did John Smith write the book of Enoch? Uh, I don't think so. I have no idea. Um, Christ equals the word, um, as he is, so are we. Amen. Absolutely. Uh, 325 J. 
totally agree with that. And that's something I've been saying for a long time. And, and there's a couple of creators that are coming out on these apps going, you know, I am Christ. And like people go, wait, that's blasphemy. But, but is it really? At a core essence, at a, a metaphysical level, take all doctrine away from it. Are we not Christ? He didn't come to create a church. He came to create Christ's. And what is a Christ? It's a chrisen man or woman, one that is chosen, one that says yes, and one that steps into that divine purpose and has the light of truth in them, the logos of God. It doesn't mean that I'm claiming or any of these other creators are claiming that they are the fullness of the logos of God like Christ was himself, but I believe what he did was the final sacrifice to release us from the law that the gods put us under, which was essentially indentured servitude to them to power their crafts, to bring them food. I mean, literally look at all the sacrifices in the Old Testament. Uh, we were basically serving a barbecue for these gods. Um, and I just, I don't see how people don't see that. I see that. And yeah, that's weird. But again, open-mindedness here. That's, that's why I've got this, this eye here. Let's open our mind's eye and go, wait a minute, what if? Well, yeah, the sacrifice sounds a lot like a barbecue. The sacrifice also sounds a lot like sorcery when you're doing something in the flesh to get something in the the physical world. Where Christ came to say, no, not sorcery, but magic, something that's metaphysical, that's inward, the kingdom within, using your spirit, raising your consciousness, to manifest in the spiritual world as above, so below. You manifest in the spiritual world, you'll see it here in the physical world. Because the only way the matrix even exists is because the Logos of God is in it already. Much as the serpent broke through into the Garden of Eden and brought knowledge to Adam and Eve, so is he still here lighting up the hearts, the minds, the bodies of those who actually love and follow him. So... Anyway, so why not just preach the Bible? That's 100% accurate. Uh, Cheyenne, that's exactly what I'm talking about. There is nothing accurate about this. In fact, no one will tell you that. Even, even some of the best preachers in the world will tell you, yeah, this has been changed a lot, and that's why we read the King James Version, or that's why we read the NLT, or that's why we read the Christian Standard Bible, or blah, 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 because none of them are accurate. None of them are accurate. They're all a representation of man's understanding of the ancient scriptures. So the only way we can truly find the word of God is by letting him raise to new life within us. And that's all I'm here to say, guys. That's why I can look at the book of Enoch and go, there's scripture here. There's learning here. There's life here. And I can read almost any scripture in the world. I haven't read anything yet that I haven't found some deeper esoteric knowledge in that I can add to my spiritual understanding and continue to raise my consciousness and try to put one little piece at a time, put together a bigger picture of what we're all a part of. I like the King James Version. Uh, Yazik says, yeah, I do too, actually. Um, It's certainly not perfect, just like I'm saying any of these aren't, but... Uh, I do think, uh, I do like it because it seems to be closer when I go look at the Greek or the Hebrew uh, to like, you know, than some of these other newer translations are. So um, let's see. Uh, Who taught you these things? Uh, New Haven Fisherman. Oh, good name, man. Um, 
nobody taught me these things. This was a result of after 2020, the whole crash, um, losing my business and a lot of friends and family members. Um, I kind of, uh, so to speak, lost my religion. Um, and it wasn't because um, I lost faith. In fact, I gained a lot of faith. Um, and I remember one day I put my hand on my bicycle and I just told God, I said, I'll trade all of this. I just want truth. I want light. I want to step into my destiny. I want to step into who you created me to be because I'm tired of messing around. I'm tired of trying to be a business person. I'm tired of trying to be what I think others think I should be or what I think will get me the thing that might eventually make me happy. I'm ready to actually just step into and start speaking life and being the person, not the physical person, but the spiritual being that you created me to. And I told him, I said, Father God, I am ready to start my life's work. And that was the day that soon after that, I finally started a little TikTok channel. It was all about Bible study. And then that evolved. And then I set it down for a year and a half, continued to try to do my business while it completely failed. Um, lost some of my biggest contracts. And then I finally remembered that promise I made God like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm done messing around. And I finally said, you know what? I'm going to pick all that back up. And I did this year. And here we are, guys. We're at almost 120,000 here on TikTok. We're at almost 90,000 on Facebook. We're in the thousands now on YouTube. I mean, the the podcast is is booming now. I never thought this could happen, but I did somewhere in me. I thought it could happen because I knew I was being called to it. But stepping into that calling required me to let go of a lot of beliefs that I was trying to stand firm on that didn't serve me because I wouldn't be where I am now if I weren't able to talk open-mindedly and accept everyone into this community. Even even people that disagree with me, we don't always agree, and that's totally okay. I will never call anyone out on here. I will never try to shame anyone. I will never try to put certain groups down. I love everyone, and I think everybody has a piece of it, and all I'm trying to do is just open my mind and say, what do all the pieces make? What picture do all the pieces make? And that's all I'm trying to do at this point. And so what I wanted to share with you guys is there's a certain individual on one of these apps that's taken it upon themselves to start downloading my videos and calling me out saying that I am some sort of Android hybrid um, and that I am here to bring the fall of humanity or something like that. So, um, And I'm certainly not going to name names. I'm not calling anyone out here because I wish them love and light and joy and I hope that they stop trying to attack people. They're doing it to a lot of other creators, not just me, thank God. But um, I would feel really attacked if it was just me. But uh, but it, it caused me to really think about open-mindedness today. And if I'm able to sit here and do this, then they have the right to do that. Now, they don't have the right to try to attack certain individuals, and that's kind of where they were crossing the line on some of the videos um, and even making some statements that could have been construed as, uh, you know, more than just an opinion. Um, and so, um, I did have to, um, I did have to, you know, consider that aspect of it as well. Um, and that's never okay, by the way. Uh, but it is okay that we all have different opinions and it is okay that we can all be here 
And one person can say, well, the King James Bible is all I'll read. One person says, hey, I don't even look at the Bible, just look within. The other person says, hey, I met Jesus on a walk. The other person says, hey, I've had experiences with angels. The other person says, hey, I've seen UFOs over my house and they've talked to me. I believe all of you and that's okay. And, and we need to quit being threatened by other people's belief systems. And that's, that's one of the biggest missions I have is just to bring this cornucopia rainbow of understanding to the masses. I'm here to awaken souls. And, and I'm, by the way, selfishly here to awaken mine. So uh, this isn't as altruistic as it might seem sometimes. I love you guys and I love serving you guys. But I also choose these subjects based on I need to know. I've got to figure that out. I want to know deeper about that. That's why I do Enoch all the time. And thank by the grace of God... You guys love that, and that's, that's helped this channel take off. But at the same time, it was something I was deeply wanting to understand. Ancient astronaut theory and the show Ancient Aliens. What does all that have to do? Is God just a little alien that made all of this? Well, then that led me down the rabbit hole of who Yahweh really is and the actual extraterrestrial gods in the Old Testament and the Sumerian culture and the Egyptian cultures and all these ancient cultures... And then realizing that Christ came talking about a completely different God, who his father is. And that was mind-altering for me personally. And you may go, wait a minute, no, I don't believe that. And that's fine, but that's why I'm here, open-minded. Stay with this channel long enough, and I promise you, we're all going to get a deeper understanding of all of this. And we're all going to, uh, we're not always going to agree, but we're certainly going to learn from each other. And I... I take these comments all the time and I learn from them and I look up stuff based on what you guys ask. So I learn so much from you guys and I really uh, appreciate that. Um, let's see. Uh, I think you're doing great. I'm loving it. Uh, Alexander says, thank you very much. Um, let's see. What worries me is that everything in the Bible was manipulated by men and the events happening now are manufactured to gain control over the ones, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's totally possible. Like, I try not to tiptoe into that whole um, uh, conspiracy thing. I don't want to say the actual word on here. You know, TikTok doesn't like that. But um, but I, I try not to dip my toe into that too much because if if we're enlightened and we're full of light, if the whole body is full of light, then there's no darkness, right? And the darkness won't prevail. And so... For me, it's better to work on me and this community than it is for me to worry about what they are doing. And, and by they, I mean the powers of darkness, whatever you want to call that. And, and this is not a, I'm not calling anyone that specifically, by the way. I'm just saying, in general, there's a lot of that on this app, kind of the us versus them mentality. And again, in sticking with the theme today, open-mindedness, Aren't we all just one tribe? Aren't we all one people? And can't we all be one one people in Christ? And you may say, well, I don't believe in Jesus. That's fine. But can you believe in the Christ? Can you believe in Christ consciousness? Can you believe in a higher consciousness? Can you believe in love and light and oneness? Can you believe in unity? Because that's all Christ was. Yeah, he came as a man named Yeshua, by the way, not Jesus. Everyone wants to say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But I'm here to say, Christ, Christ, Christ. He's in me. He's in you. He's all around us. In fact, he's in the very fabric of the authentic creation that is hidden just under 
the physical matrix that we all see every day and it always programs us. And, and I do believe that, guys. That's how I operate. I do believe that when I see a billboard or a television commercial or I get somebody lashing out against me like this, this person on this other app uh, trying to uh, expose me, it's just the matrix pushing back. And look at how the matrix pushed back against Christ himself when he walked the earth. Look at how it pushes back against you. Every time you get a little bit closer to spiritual enlightenment, there's always something to distract you, to call you back. Nope, nope, this is reality. Look, hey, over here, over here. This is reality. You guys see what I'm saying? That's where, um, that's where I think this is some of the most important work in the world for all of us to do. For all of us to do. I'm not telling you you need to go quit your job and do this like I did. Uh, because that's absolutely terrifying. But you guys have stepped up uh, through the t-shirt sales, through my book sales, everything, and really supported this channel. So I really, really appreciate that. And anybody that wants to continue supporting it, um, it's all on my website, www.cubkuker.me. This is the new shirt I dropped today. These drops are only on there for about a week to two weeks, and then I cycle them out. So if you see one you fall in love with, I've got posters, I've got shirts, I've got tapestries. Like if you have a yoga studio, the tapestries are gorgeous. They are super, super cool um, and very highly rated by the people that have purchased them already. Um, you can get them in multiple sizes. But anyway, again, open-mindedness. Like There's a whole world around us that opens up when we open up our mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's more scriptures. You know, I could quote scriptures all day. Here's an AI picture I made of Melchizedek. Here's an AI picture I made of Mary Magdalene. Here's an AI picture I made of Enoch. And I've got one of Noah in here somewhere too. And before you comment on their ethnicity, I get it. I don't know what they actually look like. I try to make them look really whimsical like something out of the Lord of the Rings movie. That's just me. Here's Noah. Anyway, be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Give your mind wings. Let's, let's try to ascend together and, and have these conversations and not be afraid to have them because the only time that someone else's idea threatens us is when our ideas aren't understood they're understood. When they're understood, you can get the legs knocked out from under them. When they're understood, you can take any new set of data in and start to build a bigger picture. And that's merely all I'm talking about. Understanding versus understanding. Understanding, you can knock the legs out from under it. When somebody comes and you read the article I did the other day, 18 ways the Holy Bible has been changed over the centuries, and I go, whoa, <laughs> them some big changes to make those are some big you know big things uh and this was from like history.com or something so i mean it's you know it was a, a well-researched article is what i'm saying um you know and and if if i just understand the bible and i just understand my faith then that would have knocked the legs right out from under it but i understand it because it's become a part of my operating system not in a dogmatic way but in a way that every time a new line of code is added to that, the program, the algorithm, the understanding only expands. 
And that doesn't take being smart. That takes being conscious. Having a higher consciousness. Joining a larger consciousness. And that's why I can learn so much from you guys. And and I feel like you learn from me or you wouldn't be coming back. We wouldn't have the community we do. So uh, maybe we're in a simulation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Fancy Pants has a quick question. Would you say that Enoch was a prophet? Um... That's pretty good. A prophet, I think, is someone that predicts the future and it comes true. It's also someone who speaks on behalf of the Lord. He was a scribe of God. But was he a scribe of the Most High God or was he a scribe of one of the extraterrestrial gods? I have not figured that out yet. I do believe he, I do believe he had to be a scribe of the Most High God because... I see a connection between Enoch, Noah, Elijah. Who else? Christ, Melchizedek. Um, It even says Noah was pure in his generations. And I don't think that that means he was like good or, you know, sinless or anything like that. I think it means... Maybe Noah, maybe Enoch, maybe, you know, the line that Christ came from, Melchizedek, they were all of the original creation still. Wherever that migrated from, however it got recreated, but we see very clearly in Genesis chapter 1 and then Genesis chapter 2. And I give you guys a challenge. If you haven't read Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 2, Read it in the Names of God translation. I don't always recommend that one, but that one will basically take uh, the Hebrew and plug in the Names of God there. So in Genesis chapter 1, you have Elohim, plural, saying, let us create, let us create. I believe that's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, Mother, Son is actually what I believe. Um, That's Genesis 1 creation. That's everything. He says everything is good. He made this and it was good. He made that and it was good. He made man and woman in their own image and it was good. Then you get to Genesis chapter 2 and the narrative flips a bit. Now all of a sudden it's Yahweh Elohim and he makes, it never says he creates, he makes out of the dust of the ground and he breathes life into it. He then puts Adam under a deep sleep pulls a rib from him. That's a characteristic of every person that gets abducted by extraterrestrials talks about going into a trance or a sleep-like state. And I'm sorry, but I don't believe that the Most High God, the one that Christ said, my Father, I don't believe that he's an extraterrestrial because Christ said, you will worship my Father in spirit and truth. I believe he's a spirit. I believe the father, the mother, the son, all spirits, all metaphysical, all outside of the physical realms. By the way, more than one that we can perceive right now. Plenty more. We see the spectrum of light that we can only see a certain sliver of it. And it goes in a big circle like this and we can only see the top sliver. Go look up the frequencies of light that we can see and how many there are beyond what we can see. And if you start to understand that, as the multi-layered physical realms. We have the matrix realm here in the flesh. 
but there are higher realms that these extraterrestrials can multidimensional travel, I believe. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that's the data that I've taken in at this point. The bigger picture that I've expanded my understanding to, the bigger it gets. Maybe the tighter it'll get. Maybe the more focused it'll get. But I cannot deny myself the knowledge of learning all of this stuff. And I don't think you can either or you wouldn't be here. We have demonized knowledge for so long because we believed that the garden story was God Almighty, the Most High God, when I'm starting to understand and even understand that that is a different God who made a perfect prison for Adam and Eve, and the serpent may very well have been Christ coming through saying, hey, you'll be like that God if you have the knowledge. And then Christ came to share more esoteric, deep, spiritual knowledge with us about who we are. And so we get down the road now, but we've already doctrinally understood for years and years and years and years that Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 are just two retellings of the same story. And I can show you even right here, this is so weird. You guys won't even believe this when you go look at it because you'll have to look for yourself and then you'll go, oh my gosh. Then it'll open up a whole can of worms and you'll start wondering what else, what else are we supposed to know that we don't right now. So I got Genesis 1 here. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that is Elohim, by the way, in the names of God, or if you go look up the Hebrew in it. Then God said, let there be light. There was light. God saw that that was good. It goes down here. God made two great lights. So he already made light, but then he makes two great lights. God said, let the waters swarm with living creatures. And those were good. Birds in the expanse of the sky. God or Elohim, plural, uh, father, mother, son, the Godhead, the triune God, that's what I believe, um, produce living creatures on the earth. And he said, let us make man, man and woman, in our own image, according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the livestock, the whole earth, the creatures that crawl on the earth. God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. Now we get to chapter 2. And look at this. That first story isn't over yet. It has this much in chapter 2. Finishing this creation story created by Elohim, plural, Father, Mother, Son, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, however you want to interpret it. And then all of a sudden you get a Yahweh Elohim, a singular Elohim. And he's going to start making us today. That could mean, and this is how I take it, so you take it, go read the text, take it however you take it. But to me, it could mean that all of this physical realm that we see, once we, with our mind, we give it all back to God, the true God. And I've, I've done this. Like, I had the business I built, I had a beautiful home, all of this. And I'm not saying, look at me, I'm a martyr, guys. This has been a long journey I've been through. My closest friends know what a struggle it's been. But once you consciously give it all back to God and say, I'm done with all the physical manifestations that I've made on the earth and I'm ready to create in the spirit. The man that asked Christ, he said, how do I get the kingdom of God? And Christ said, go home, 
sell all of your possessions, give the money to poor, and come and follow me. And he said it very simply. This guy was super, super wealthy, by the way. And 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 then it says in the scripture that the guy really couldn't do it. Like, we're not forced to. You don't have to. But for me, I had to, guys, because I wasn't happy. I knew what I was building would only end eventually in me still wanting and needing more. And now, and, and I never thought that I could stop what I was doing, shift, give all of the physical manifestations I had made back to God and say, I lay it all at your feet. I want to create in the spirit now. I want the life you want for me. I want to step into my destiny. I want to step into my true purpose, my life's work. And once I did that, I started manifesting things in the spirit. And now I'm seeing them in the physical world. And so it literally felt like from 2020 to now, it literally felt like I stepped out of this physical world, out of this kind of darker systematized matrix-like quality into this world of light, into this world where literally anything is possible. And my faith has changed me in ways I never thought possible. I've had opportunities through what I'm doing here with you guys. I never thought I would be able to support myself and my wife through what we're doing here. And you guys have stepped up. We had someone yesterday give a monthly pledge over on uh, the PayPal link. Thank you for that. Anything you guys do, any purchase you make today on the website, a poster, a shirt. If you buy my book, my new book, I just redid the cover to match all the artwork. It's the same book, but it's final. I'm finally able to show on the cover of that book because this AI stuff has helped me take what's in my head and put it out on paper, put it out into the digital world. Uh, And it's not as easy as just punching in a command and letting the AI do its thing. I really try to design everything you see on the screen is something that is manifest from my spirit. And I've been able to, to eventually tell the story to the AI to get these images. This is the first astronaut that I imagined Enoch suiting up, getting ready to go up in the spaceship to see the ends of the Earth. I was able to make a shirt out of this because I made this artwork because I had this beautiful image in my head and now I can finally start creating these images that I have in my spirit and I can now manifest them in the physical world rather than trying to make in the physical world like I was before. And that may not sound different, but go read Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 and, tr- and start to understand kind of the differences between the texts, between the, the gods that are creating Uh, One is creating, the other is making. And I'll go ahead and read a little bit of uh, chapter 2 here for you. So so chapter 2 starts off with the end of chapter 1 saying, So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. On the seventh day God had completed his work, all that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, For on it he rested from all the work of creation. Now it goes on in verse 4. This is where it gets really interesting and mind-opening. So the heavens and earth and everything in them were completed on the seventh day. So we saw that. That's done. Now we're in verse 4. These are the records of the heaven and the earth concerning their creation at the time that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. 
No shrub of the field had yet grown on the land, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted. For the Lord God, or if you look in the names of God, it says Yahweh Elohim, had not made it rain on the land. Why is that important? Because the Sumerian culture, Yahweh Elohim was the God of storms. He descended on Mount Sinai in fire and smoke and sulfur, and the lightnings abounded. And guys, it's all there. Like the data is still there. People ask me all the time, why did they change it? Why is it not there? Why can't I see it? Because those with eyes to see and ears to hear. Go read it. Take what I'm telling you. Open your mind and go read it for yourself. Start to put the pieces together. Understanding will start to serve you very, very, very well. If you tell God, hey, I'm ready for more. And hey, it's okay. I'm willing And I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm saying I had to do this. I had to be willing to put all of my understandings back on the shelf and go, okay, starting from square one now. Here we go. Uh, Rose says, that's amazing. Can you tell us a summary about your book? I apologize. Uh, I didn't, uh, if you did already. So Rose, my book is, um, it's called God Given Gifts of Brilliance. And it is, um, it was originally written as a, uh, a Christian book. Um, and you, a lot of people say that I'm not Christian, uh, but I do consider myself a Christ follower. So I consider myself to be a Christ follower. And my book is all about finding our unique spiritual gifts. And so the people that have read it have said how wonderful it is. It's highly reviewed. Um, it is an audio book and you can, I actually narrate it. So if you like my voice, I narrate it for about five hours and go through with you to actually uncover your spiritual gifts so that you can start manifesting in the spiritual world as well. Um, and, and take a path that's, that's uniquely yours. You don't have to take my path, but you're going to have little gifts. Maybe you're gifted at, maybe you're not gifted at art, but maybe you're gifted at mathematics. Maybe you're gifted Uh, at writing. Maybe you're gifted at certain things. And I literally go through that book and show you the five areas of of your life and my life, personal life, professional life, our community life, our life uh, that we live in passion, the things that we just love doing that, that have no seeming purpose, but they feed our soul. And then our spiritual life. And I look at all five of those areas and how our unique gifts can easily be quantified and start to build a pathway for us to walk down to actually step into that destiny. So that book is a big reason I put my hand on that bike that day and said, God, I'm ready for more. I'm ready for truth. I'm ready for knowledge. I'm ready. Even if I have to put everything that I've made back on the table, I know you'll give me infinitely more if I just say yes now. And I'm ready to say yes. And so that was why I wrote that book. And it's over on my website as well. All of my links, by the way, if you're listening on any platform or watching after the fact, you can find my links. It's either cubcooker.me or stan, S-T-A-N dot S-T-O-R-E slash cubcooker. So those are my websites. In fact, cubcooker.me will forward you to my stand store. But that's where all the, the apparel drops are, the posters and the tapestries. That's where my book is, and that's where my Amazon shop is, where you can get the books of Enoch that we're reading and all of that stuff. So, is there information in the book of Enoch about the Watchers? Yes. In fact, the whole first part of the book of Enoch talks about the Watchers. 
their fall on Mount Hermon. Um, and in my shop, I've got Michael Heis- Dr. Michael Heiser's book called Reversing Hermon, which is about the secret mission of Jesus Christ and what he did to reverse what the watchers or the gods did to enslave humanity. He doesn't go as far as what I feel like God has shown me with Yahweh not being God Most High, not being El Elyon, that there being two creation stories. He is very, he's very well researched, and he is a doc, he has a doctorate in this, so uh, he's awesome, and I've learned a lot from him. But he started me on this journey of self discovery and scriptural discovery, uh, so I can attribute a lot to him. Like I said, he hasn't come to so many conclusions as I have, uh, but but that book will really help you understand what Book of Enoch is about and then start to make your own um, understanding about the extra-biblical texts like Book of Enoch, uh, which I think is really important to anyone who's hungry. So, um, Let's see. Uh, you may have already said... Were you uh, or are you a particular denomination? I was Methodist my whole life growing up. I went to kind of a a Calvary Chapel for a long time and still occasionally go to a Calvary Chapel with my family. Um, But mostly, even on Sunday mornings now, I live stream to multiple platforms and do this as an alternative for people. Um, And I I dropped a video today about this community we don't meet in a church because I believe we are the church. So that's, that's why we're here. And we are multi-denomination. We literally have people in this community who are agnostic, atheist, Hindu, Buddhist, Christian, Zoroastrian. Um, we have witches in here. We have uh, New Agers. We have people that are just on the fence and curious. Um, and, and I mean that, guys. I love everyone, and we're all here to learn and understand I'm going to be doing more studies this week. I promise we're going to get to the magic versus sorcery thing because I think that's really important for all of us who are searching. Um, I've been tempted in my life to do sorcery. Like, what do I have to do to get what I want in this physical world? But magic, the line that Christ came from, you see the magi show up to the birth. You see that he is a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a magician. He was an esoteric and inward magician um, of El Elyon, God Most High. Um, And it's all about manifesting in the spiritual world. Like, we'll eventually see it here in our reality if we manifest it first in the spiritual world. Because, by the way, if you do it with sorcery and you get it here in the physical world, it won't serve you. In fact, it could destroy you. But if you manifest it spiritually, that requires your heart to be in alignment with love, light, truth, with the Christ consciousness, the Christ frequency. And once it's there, then your reality, your timeline can actually change, or at least mine has, to actually be ready for those blessings, be ready for those things that happen in my actual physical life here on this earth. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, guys. Um, and I promise I'll keep sharing more of my personal journey as we go through this. So I hope that helps. Like, I don't want to bore anyone with, uh, my personal experiences, but I think it's important because I have experienced all this. I've tried all of it. I've lived the life of sin. I've chased the life of money. I've chased the life of, uh, self-fulfillment. I've chased the, 
uh, you know, marry the right person. I love my wife, but she hasn't made my life, um, you know, spiritually fulfilled by any stretch of the imagination. It's all, it's up to me to seek God, to seek that authentic truth and, and ascend every day. I have to get up every day I get up and I'm in like the worst shape. I just feel like, uh, you know, and so I'm not some guru who just wakes up in, in the God frequency every morning. I pray. I got to drink my coffee. That's a big part of it. I've got to have my coffee. Um, and, and I read, I pray, I read, I, I output. Output is, is as important as input, by the way. If you're trying to learn and you're not teaching, then it is very hard to gain understanding. You can start to understand something, but then when someone comes at you with data that refutes it or changes it, it's really hard to transmute that into a place of understanding if you're not also teaching and working through it. And I'm not saying you have to go live like I am or start your own channel, but I'm saying your husband, your wife, your friend, your dogs might want to learn about it, whatever. you know. However you can teach it, journaling is a fantastic way. I've got a journal that has my hippie Jesus on the front of it in my shop. And a lot of people are journaling in that, just writing down what they're learning. That's kind of a way to teach yourself. And so that's really, really important as we go through this. When, in my audio book, I challenge you, hey, write down three things right now. Hey, try this in your life. Like There are multiple actions that I have in there so that you have output with the input. Because we're supposed to be an infinity symbol, not just a one-way what is the spring of life? What is living water? It is something that springs forth from us, but it also pours into us. And so we want to make sure that we're doing the same thing with the spring of life, with the kingdom of God as we receive it. So, um, story of Job, please. Um, let's see. Uh, DJ Lamond, I think that's how I say your name. So story of Job, I talk about that too, where you have two different gods in it. You've got Job. You have Yahweh, you have Hasatan, Satan, and you have the Most High God. The Most High God does not speak in it, but they talk about him. Why would Yahweh Elohim say, Job fears the Most High God? Why wouldn't he say, Job fears me? Well, most scholars will tell you, well, because of the language. That's, there was a disconnect in the language. They didn't have a way to say it. Well, I call B and S on that because that just doesn't logically make sense. And when you read it and you actually look at the root translations and you see that these are different characters, and I don't just have the data of the what I think they call etymology, which is like the study of words, but I have the data to look at the character of who Yahweh was. He loved sacrifice. He could be bargained with. He came in fire and smoke. He gave a law that limited people and trapped people. He created a, a garden that was a paradise and then gave rules that entrapped people. He built a matrix he made out of what was beautiful and created. And so the data for me is the character of that God, not just the words used. But once you add, start adding all that together and then I have my personal experience of the Most High God, and I start to go, wait a minute. I don't think that's the same dude. Like, I don't think that's the same entity, by the way. And I just really don't think it is. And so in Job, you see multiple characters and you start to look at, and then Christ said, he said, my father does not require sacrifice, but compassion. Then you have another verse where Yahweh says, I delight in the sacrifice. 
And unless we serve a literal bipolar God, I think it's talking about two different entities. And maybe we need to bring polytheism back into it. Not that we're worshiping multiple gods, but we need to understand the narrative of reality we deal with has plenty of managers, plenty of hierarchies, plenty of angels and extraterrestrials, whatever you want to call them, that manage our planet, take care of our resources, step in when they have to, make sure that timelines unfold prophetically. They're here to guide us, guard us, protect us. We see that the watchers fell. They screwed up the genetic uh, timeline of people. Um, It's all there, guys. And you can go, well, that's all mythology. That's all real fantastic. Well, it's only as fantastic as what's actually in here. So a lot of people that say, well, this is all, this is all I'll believe. Well, it's still all there. So you just have to look at the root words, open up Strong's Concordance and start to understand what these words actually mean. And then you get a whole different ball game. So, wow, what an insight Fancy Pants says. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, D. Jammin says, thank you. Uh, got a lot of reading and learning to do. Well, thank you. We all do. That's that's what I'm here to do every day. So, um, have you thought about starting a Discord? Good idea, Evan. Uh, Evan, what would you like to see on that? If I do start one, I have a Discord. I just haven't actually started like my own server for this. But if that's something you guys are interested in, I would love to look more into that. I had a Patreon for a little while, but it didn't really offer, you know, kind of the access that I think you guys might like to have where we can chat more. I have such a hard time answering comments and questions. Uh, every morning I wake up, I have well over a thousand notifications of comments alone between all the different platforms. And you may think, oh, well, that must be nice. Well, I mean, it is, but it's also a big responsibility. I do my best to try to catch every comment, but maybe if we had a Discord, that would be somewhere where I could prioritize that and really making sure that those those things get answered and we have those conversations. So, uh, Do you know who Azazel is? If so, can you explain? So Azazel, Azazel was one of the Fallen Watcher angels. Um, let me look up real quick to tell you exactly what he did. Um, but So he's one of the leaders of the 200. There are 10 leaders of the 200 Fallen Watcher angels. Um, here we go. Chapter 3 of the Books of Enoch is fallen angels um and so uh and these are the names of the leaders uh Semelaza is the leader archibal rimiel Kokobal, timiel ramiel daniel ezekiel barakel asasel eramos batrael ananel zaakel Samapil, Satarel, Turiel, Jomagel, and Sariel. These are the chiefs of ten. So uh, Azazel taught men to make swords, knives, and shields, and breastplates, and made known to them the metals of the earth and the art of working them, and the bracelets and ornaments, and the use of anatomy, and the beautifying of the eyelids, and all kinds of costly stones, and the coloring tinctures. And there arose much godly, godlessness, and they committed fornication, and they were led astray, and they became corrupt in all their ways. So these technologies of the gods, by the way, a lot of people, 
you you can interchange in my belief and my understanding and all the data I've seen, you can interchange the word angel for extraterrestrial or for lowercase God. All the same thing. We try to separate them, but there is so much data in this Bible and in other ancient texts and just look back 10 to 15,000 years ago at all of the hieroglyphs and all the data that we have to show that humanity has been visited by the gods, by the star children from the heavens and helped along in their civilizations. And then you see here that Azazel is teaching these things. Well, he's literally teaching the art of seduction. He's teaching, you know, how do, how do you distract a whole uh, group of uh, people on the earth? Well, get them to, instead of appreciating the beauty that we already have that's God-given beauty, let's try to make it more extravagant. Let's try to, like, really solidify that lust there. And I'm, that's just my understanding of the scripture, by the way. You may have a different one, but that's just my understanding. So he also teaches swords, knives, shields, all of that stuff. What, that's the instruments of war. I mean, he was setting up the planet, and so are all these other gods. Because I guarantee you, the people back then, they didn't call them, oh, those are the fallen angels from the Most High God. No, they went, oh my God, it's a God. Yes, you're my God. Like, they're these ancient peoples. They're seeing fire and smoke descend from the heavens. Of course they think it's God. Of course they call it their God. I mean, we have to be real about this stuff and go, that makes more sense than thinking that they, well, why would they worship angels? Why would they fall into sin because of these angels? Because they brought technologies of the physical realm, of this matrix realm. How do you cut roots? How do you do sorceries? How do you do sacrifices? How do you do uh, the arts of war? How do you do the arts of seduction? They taught all of this stuff which not only caused us to sin, but by the way, we became their indentured servants and started building things that would power their crafts. We started um, serving into their hierarchies. Then their leaders saw our women and went, hey, hey, good looking, and went and made their own race, which became giants on the earth, which caused more enslavement. We're already in an enslaved matrix, right? And then there's even more. And you see how God's beautiful creation fell out of line. It wasn't just because these humans are just so sinful. It's because the gods, the sons of God, sinned against the creation. And what is the narrative really about? What is all the judgments really about? It's about them. We were caught in the crosshairs. And Christ came to say, by the way, you are a son and daughter of the Most High. And by the way, here's the esoteric knowledge and the inward manifestation of the kingdom of God. And you can now create in the spiritual realm as above, so below. You can create. And I'm going to return you back to God once it is finished. Because he said, not one letter of the law will pass away until it is done. And then on the cross, he said, it is finished. So what happened in that moment? He repaired the timeline. He repaired the possibly the DNA line. He repaired um, our ability to commune directly with the Most High God and step out of the timeline where the law held us under its thumb. And I'm not talking about the law here. Always obey the law. I'm not saying that. But I mean the, the old law, the Old Testament, 
there's a lot of people now with the Hebrew roots movement, which is really interesting. I love learning all of that. But adherence to that law, I think, is something that Christ came to set us free from because there was no life in that. Now we obey the law of love inwardly. If that makes sense, I hope that makes sense. Um, Again, I'm talking about Old Testament religious law. I'm not talking about modern laws. Always obey modern laws. I'm talking about Old Testament religious laws. The laws on the Sabbath. The laws on how to do synagogue. The laws on all these things. All the things in the physical realm. All the sorceries to get what you want from the extraterrestrial God. Or gods. Whatever you want to call it. And Christ came to show us how we can become priests of the Most High. We can have the Logos of God in us. We can become Christ's. And that's all I'm talking about. So, uh, what, what Bible are you talking about? I'm just talking about, in general, the Bible. Um, not any particular. Uh, we're reading from Enoch. Uh, we read from Gospel of Thomas. I want to end with this quote from Gospel of Thomas, which I have been for a while but I think it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, and th- this will challenge you too on, are you looking for the kingdom of heaven? Or are you looking for the kingdom of God? Yeshua said, if those who guide you say, look, the kingdom is in the sky, then the birds are closer than you. If they say, look, it is in the sea, then the fish already know it. The kingdom is inside of you and it is outside of you. It's a field around us. When you know yourself, then you will be known. And you will know that you are a child of the living Father. But if you do not know yourself, and you will know that you are a child of the living Father. But if you do not know yourself, you will live in vain and you will be vanity. It's one of my favorite verses from the Gospel of Thomas. And it reminds us, because there's also a scripture in the Canon Bible that we have, that is very similar to that, but doesn't go on to expound upon it. It's kind of cut short. But it does say the kingdom of heaven is within you. However, newer translations say among you or standing near you. And then they say, oh, that's Jesus. Well, we now have a religious system and a doctrinal system that owns the commodity of Jesus. When Christ came to tell us, we are the commodity of Christ. That's my opinion. That's how I see it. Uh, Happy Grandma says, I love this. Thank you so much. Do you feel that God and Jesus had a wife? Uh, Absolutely. I do. I do. I think, you know, as above, so below. Like, I think that uh, if you look at Sumerian culture, El Elyon's wife was Asherah. Who hated the Asher pole in the Old Testament? Yahweh hated it. It was a reminder of the true gods. I believe Christ was the Logos, the product of the love of El and Asherah, the Logos, the creative force. What happens when a man and woman come together in love? Sorry, I'm not being political here. I just mean, how do you make a child? You come together in love and you create a child. It's the same thing, as above, so below. We're an archetype for the heavenly families, the spiritual families. So... Uh, let's see. Banana, uh, says I'm a Christian and super confused. LOL. 
Hey, if you'll go check out the restream of this, it'll be up by this evening. Um, watch from the beginning. I promise it'll make more sense. And if it doesn't, keep coming back uh, because I really think you'll enjoy the content here and the community. Um, and I think it'll open up your mind to a lot of things. And we read straight from the Bible a lot. So, I mean, that's not... Uh, I'm a Christ follower, so I'm not uh, religious. I'm a Christ follower, and a lot of us are here. A lot of us identify as a lot of different things. Again, I don't care what race, religion, or orientation you are. If you're here looking for authentic reality, that's what we're all doing, and welcome. So, um, where are the rest of these posted? So on my YouTube channel, if you guys want to hit up my YouTube channel, it's Cub Cooker, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R, same name. You'll see my same profile picture. I've got about 2,500-ish followers over there. You can go follow me over there. All of these get posted on the Cub Cooker Supernatural podcast there if you want to watch them. But also if you want to hear them, it's on Apple and Spotify under the Cub Cooker supernatural podcast or cub cooker supernatural podcast and you can't miss it it's got uh, the logo everything but you can find direct links to all of that on my profile link so go check it out there Um, every profile i have wherever you're watching this has a link somewhere on it and you can go straight see all my socials at the top there's even a listen to my podcast button there Um, and then you guys can go support what i'm doing through all the cool merch I'm one of the few creators on here that's not just hawking courses. I'm trying to create really cool merch. This is the Native American style design that I did. I really, really like this one. This is the Watchers of the Realms. And you can see all the cool eyes in the hills uh, on the mountain here. And then on the back, it shows the sun with an eye. Uh, Just a really cool textural. You guys that like to hike, bike, stuff like that. Uh, This is the perfect fabric for that, by the way. Um, I have a guy that bought a bunch of these, and he does MMA. Um, And so these are not cotton. These are, um, in fact, I'll have to look up exactly what they are. I can never remember the name of what they're made out of, but I will look up right now. Um, Let's see. Um, Let's see. Uh, 100% polyester jersey. They are sublimated, by the way. So sublimation means that this is like burned into the fabric it's not it won't peel off it's kind of like this tie-dye shirt where the ink is like in it um hello sorry i lost my microphone uh this is hand tie-dyed i make these myself i don't sell these but i started making these because these take so long to make and i wanted to wrap what we're doing here um and i've always dreamt of having like an apparel line for alternative lifestyle people that are not uh, you know, traditional. Like I said, I hike, I bike. Um, I believe in metaphysical realms. I believe in God. I follow God. I follow Christ. Uh, I'm trying to make the world a better place. And I wanted, you know, some clothing lines that represented myself and other people like that. And I found an awesome, awesome print shop that does all these for me. I built my shop over there, everything. This is the tree of life. It's called the guardians of the tree. And you can see all the UFOs above it. Cause again, we remember there's still good angels around Some of those angels even use technology, I believe. So uh, they still manage things and protect things, and they're still here to serve at the honor of the Most High God. So uh, about to binge watch you on YouTube. Thank you, Rose. I appreciate that. Um, And share with your friends and family while you're there. Um, Every day I do a live stream like this. If you miss it here, 
every day. I post it the same day on my YouTube and on my podcast. Um, and then it goes out to the Facebook page as well. Over on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash cubcooker. Um, that is a professional profile there. It'll say Jacob Cooker and then cub in parentheses. I have to go by my legal name over there because of Facebook policy. Uh, but that gives you, you know, that, that way you know where to find me. There is a Facebook page that's just Cub Cooker, like a business page or whatever. Uh, and I did that just to lock that name down, but I pinned at the top a link to the page I actually post on there. So, but again, through the website, you can find all of these links. You can find the shirts, you can find my book, find the podcast, everything you guys need. Thank you for everyone who's donated to support this. I do this full time and I'm trust in God that he's going to lead us into an incredible, incredible life through this. Uh, he already is. And I'm so thankful for that. Everything you guys do to support me is noted every day. Uh, it doesn't get lost in the fold. I pray over and thank every sale that goes through this shop, every donation I get, everything. You guys help me not have to burn through my savings trying to do this. But as this reality manifests, God is doing some amazing things. So thank you guys. Uh, I always learn a lot from watching you in the live every day. More power. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Uh, name of my YouTube is Cub Cooker. C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R. Uh, when my brother was little, he couldn't say Jacob, so he just said Cub, Cub. And Jacob is spelled C-O-B, but we just changed it to C-U-B because, uh, and I've been going by that since my brother was like three years old and uh, I was probably six or seven at the time. So it's just been my name my whole life. Uh, so, uh, well, Matrix 1 is down. Awesome. Uh, Annie watched The Matrix. Yeah, if you haven't been watching The Matrix with me, I'm talking about The Matrix a lot. Uh, that is an awesome movie. It is the Gnostic gospel in, like, new terminology, like, more modern uh, telling of it. And it's so, so good. If you guys want me to do more Matrix episodes, I will for sure. Uh, but go watch the movie. It's really, really uh, eye-opening, especially if you like what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about here makes more sense after you watch the movie and vice versa. So just subscribe to your channel, user 39. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, seriously, you guys are incredible. Um, I couldn't do it without you. I love each and every one of you. I do my best to answer all the comments and questions and prayer concerns. Message me if there's anything I can do to pray for you. I am going to open up a prayer phone line. Just a quick announcement here. I have a Google number that used to be uh, another number that I had a long time ago when I had an Android phone. And I still have it. It's still mine. It still goes to my email. I have it automated. And I'm going to be giving that out for anyone that needs prayer. This is not like a question line or a video request or anything like that. This is like, hey... You know, so-and-so just passed away in my life and I need prayer specifically for this. I want to make sure that you guys can get your prayers heard, not just by me, but by this community. And I'm going to start playing some of those at the end of the podcast. So with that, when I drop the number, I'll drop it this next week. You guys will be able to call that number, know that it will go to the voicemail, leave a message. You can use just your first name. And know that that might go out on the podcast so that everyone can pray for you. Because we should be able to do that as a community, as a multi-faith, multi-belief system community. We're not here uh, to go, well, this is only a prayer for the people that are, you know. No, this is everybody. We want everybody praying over you. Um, 
and I think that's important. We've got people that are going to pray in different ways over people. And we need that. We need the Most High God to hear our prayers, to know that we're a tight community and that we love each other. And that is how we get, that's how we're going to see miracles in this community, I believe. So I want to offer that to everybody. So uh, I'm so thankful for you. Annie says, thank you, Annie. I'm thankful for you too. God bless you. Um, what do you think about the the book, Thunder, A Perfect Mind? I have not even heard of that book, so I will have to check that out for sure. Um, thank you, going to subscribe now. Uh, Monar says, thank you very much. Um, and so, anyway, I appreciate you guys. God bless you. Uh, if you do see a shirt you like on the website, grab it now. I've got shirts, mugs. Uh, I do have posters now. You guys have asked for posters, and the, we've got some of these drops are in posters uh, had several people want to decorate their dorm room with the posters. So, um, so I've got those now and I even have tapestries. Several of the yoga instructors on here have bought the tapestries that we have of these as well. They can hang up on the wall. They can even go outside. Uh, they are weatherproof. So really, really cool stuff going on. So, uh, am I talking about the Keanu Reeves matrix movie? Yes, that's the one I did a live stream on that called, um, what was it called? It was like two days ago. Let me look on my YouTube channel to give you the, the correct name of it real quick. Um, but it was a really, really good live stream, and we just got to dive into um, more of what the Matrix movie is, is really about, or at least I see that it's about. Um, let's see. It is called Gospel According to the Matrix, What Hand Do You Choose? Again, red pill, blue pill, you know. So, Gospel According to the Matrix, What Hand Do You Choose? And it's over on my YouTube channel. Uh, my YouTube channel needs a little love. I post over there all the time. But compared to our 120-some-odd thousand here on TikTok and over 80,000 now on Facebook, uh, give me some love on YouTube. So, anybody that's listening to this, drop me some love on YouTube. That really, really helps as we grow that over there. Hoping I can get that to monetize one of these days soon and, and we can continue this mission here so anyway but um how about throw blankets that's a really good idea i will look and see if they offer that product if they do that's definitely something i'll look at on throw blankets i will look at doing more mosaic type artwork and less of this just because they're big and i want to make sure that the pattern is is repeatable on it so but i will definitely look into that for you for sure um Anyway, yeah, um, Annie says that would be awesome. But anyway, thank you guys. God bless you. I love you all. Reach out to me if you have questions, comments, prayer concerns. Share with a friend, and I will see you guys on the next one. Peace and love and light. Bye.